Johnny Summers, I've been all around the globe looking for buried treasure, covering maps, jaunting along the equator. I am parched. I need a place to grab a beer uh, for an affordable price. Where can I go, my friend? Well, for sure, rappel from your helicopter on down to the brand new remodeled patio at Handlebar Chico right here in town at 2070 East 20th Street. They have got an amazing happy hour. Seven days a week, you are going to get money off of craft beer, half off bottles of wine, delicious food, dog friendly, child friendly, people friendly. Go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Check out their happy hour, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. It's basically buried treasure. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds and the intersection of those worlds of craft beer and film. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the program. This week on our show, uh, multiple movies, multiple beers, our review of Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, and um, on, on the opposite end of the cinematic spectrum, in a sense, our take on the new action movie Uncharted, starring Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland. Our first beer this week is a lime lager called Taco Truck that rolled to us like a northbound tumbleweed from the plains of Dust Bowl brewing in turlock california the second is a cold brew coffee stout boasting notes of toasted almond and vanilla coming to us from trillium brewing in canton massachusetts if you're listening on kzfr 90.1 fm we hope you're having a wonderful thursday evening unfortunately you won't be hearing this episode in its entirety you're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Licorice Pizza. That's going to be such a downer. If they did want to hear the full conversation, Johnny, which includes spoilers for Licorice Pizza, a review of that second beer, our take on Uncharted, and our favorite segment of the show, Hot and Bothered, where could they go? They'd go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. That means if you're listening on KZFR, it's available to you right now. If you feel like you enjoy this show, please... Leave us a five-star rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts. And please, 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 please let us know that you did. We love that kind of thing. Get a hold of us on social media. You can follow the show on Instagram for pictures, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema or FreshHopCinema.com. Dude, I had a good minute there where I was actually logging um, my uh, my movies. Like I, like I was traveling for about a week, and I think I did like nine movie reviews. And I haven't touched it on Letterboxd since. But when's the last time you actually like logged a movie? A, logged a movie. B, wrote a review. I log every single movie I watch. But and So when I say log, I like write something. Oh, no. You just like tick well, that you watched you it? You can just click log, and it has saves the day right. that you watched it. So I log all the movies. So if you don't like to write stuff, or you do, Letterboxd is great. You can just, like, I love that too. You can just like, yep, I've seen it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you at the end of the year, you're like, I've seen this many movies. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, I like to write down my thoughts. I love Letterboxd. I need I to go back and like rate them oh you don't even rate them at the time no that's because a lot of times we're their ones for the show oh so i don't want to spoil it because i log Mm. them as soon as we watch them i got you so i like to go back after we record and and rate them yeah cool well the handy thing about our notes and this is one of those dumb things like it's never gonna matter uh but i do put our ratings in the description of the episodes so like you can go back and just check what you rated it and then correlate them if you want no i'm gonna make up new ratings just off the cuff every single time yeah um Okay, let's talk, let's talk Patreon real quick. Um, we had a fun Patreon event this past weekend. We all saw Uncharted, but for those that don't know, would you briefly explain what Patreon even is? Yeah, so it's a crowdfunding type situation yeah. where you can help uh, content creators such as ourselves sell you nudes. 
Sure. And, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. We sell, we're naked right now. This is actually a nude that you've paid for. You just it's, don't know. It's auditory only. Yeah. Yes. This is a nude for your ears. So <laughs> if you want more stuff like that, bonus episodes, beer reviews, trips to the movies, bar yeah. hangs, maybe some backyard barbecues this summer. It's, it's a wild hoot nanny of a time. Yeah. Uh, little is a dollar a week, uh, more, whatever. Sure. Uh, it's great. It helps keep the show rolling, pays for our equipment, our beers, our movie tickets, basically brings you all of the naked ear pleasure that yeah. you're currently enjoying. Yeah, big shout out to to our to our uncharted movie crew this past was it Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Uh, a couple of podcast parents. Your dad was there, my mom was there. Um so thanks to folks that made it out. You know that stuff is kind of tough to schedule these days, but I think it was a pretty fun time. Yeah, and shout out to Jason. This was his first Patreon event. Oh true man. Super stoked on that. Can we I was in the bathroom when this happened, but I heard something happen. Can we call him out on it? Oh, yeah. He dropped a Corona <laughs> bottle right behind my head, and it made the loudest sound and then rolled like oh super God. slowly but super loudly. Yeah. It was tremendous. That's great. I heard he did it again, I think, when I got back. Like, I heard him do it. So he was just like, God damn it. Uh, so that kind of stuff happens. We also, for our credit, were not the most, like, we weren't the most annoying that we've ever been in a movie theater. This time, I'm never annoying in a movie theater. Well, I'm, I don't think you're annoying either, but I can't speak for everybody else. Like, yeah, we're pretty good. Like yeah. when we get together as a group, it helped that we didn't go drinking beforehand mm -hmm. this time. Anyways, it's a good time. That's Patreon, I suppose. Yeah, it's a little taste of taste of that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna call it glory. Yeah, sometimes it's constructive fun. Sometimes it's pure chaos, and we get blacked out drunk. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, again, it's Patreon.com/slash Fresh Hop Cinema. A uh, couple bucks, you can you can check it out. You can support us. It's a really good time all around. With all of that out of the way, Johnny Summers, let's get into beer number one. This one, I believe, showed up on our podcast doorstep, did it not? Indeed. Okay, tell me stuff. Yeah, so we get, uh, I believe, quarterly, uh, what would we call these, like screener copies. Sure. I think that's, that's what I called it. In the, just for every every industry now, it's just a screener. Yeah, in sure. the unboxing that I did. Uh, of, on our Instagram? Uh, yes, cool. of beers from, uh, you can catch that, at Fresh Hop Cinema. Nice, man. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, Dust Bowl Brewing down in Turlock has been sending us, anytime they put out a new release, like a new year round or a new seasonal, we've done a couple in the past, I believe, Supine. Supine was one, for sure. Yep. Uh, so it's really awesome to get those in the mail. I love It's like beer Christmas, and yeah. this time it came with a koozie and a sticker, and it had green confetti. Uh, what I'm talking about, of course, is Taco Truck Lager. It is a Mexican-style lager with lime that is 4.7%, and from the can we read... Say hola to this easy-drinking Mexican-style lager brewed with lime and a hint of salt. That's just how the taco truck roll. Simple enough. Um, we're Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of, of um, Dust Bowl in general. There are some of those beers, though, like, like Supine is one. I think that was classified as one of their, quote-unquote, mega IPAs. Yeah. And I think it was above 10 percent. it might have been like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. and i can't remember when we drank that but it was it was it was definitely over a year ago maybe even longer but it was super good man a very sneaky beer i think a lot of their lagers are on point too so this is their their taco truck uh, with lime um like you said it's their taco truck lime lager is what it says but they also have a taco truck pilsner i believe mm -hmm. i'll double check um but i'm stoked because i like that beer and i think the addition of lime is just going to be just a, a match made in heaven here yeah, absolutely and i'm a Big, big proponent of Mexican style lagers sure. in general. Uh, they are one of my favorite. It's actually a, based on a traditional German style lager, but it kind of just got translated into a Mexican lager uh, along the way. Either way, it's a fantastic style, and I am a big, big fan of lime juice. It's my favorite. I put lime juice. Yeah, you have like a bottle of, of key lime juice in your fridge that I've seen you put in many, many a crispy boy yeah, over the years. At, at all times. I put yeah. it on tacos. I put it in 
ramen, when I make soup. Like, mm-hmm. I love lime juice. So I am a, a big fan of this style of beer with the adjunct of lime juice and a little bit of salt. I mean, not going to lie, dead of summer, you'll catch me killing <sighs> yeah. Modelo's with salt and lime. For sure. All day. So I'm super stoked to try this. I'm going to get into it. Yeah, the question that's going to need to be answered then is how this does stack up to something that's um, less crafty. And, and probably this will be a little bit more expensive than a Modelo, but I'd like to know how this will stack up in terms of flavor. And I'm going to guess and maybe give a spoiler to some of our listeners that you just took the biggest drink I've seen you take on air in ever, probably. You took, you have, we have a 12 ounce can, by the way, and we each took about six ounces of that. And I'm guessing you have about two ounces left. That's so good. <laughs> that <laughs> okay. is so good. Um, how, how, okay. When's the last time you had their standard uh, taco truck lager? Within the last month or two. Oh, okay, good. Well, not when I was sober January. No, it would have been like late. 2021. Okay, fair enough. Um, I tried this also, but I'm gonna let you go first. How, how do you think the lime just adds to the to the original flavor profile? Very much so enhances it. It's super present on the nose and you taste with your nose first. So you're just getting a ton of it tastes it smells somewhere between fresh lime and like a bottle of lime juice that you would get at the grocery store, which I love. I love both versions, but to have them mixed together, I don't know. I think that's I don't know if that's good. Yeah. But I like the lime in this with just the hint of salt. I would even maybe put a pinch more salt in it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's interesting uh, in that I was about to say that it's very salty. Yeah. I uh, love I love salt. I, I do, too. But I think yeah. hint of salt is misleading. We're also drinking this. I want to say, you can correct me if you disagree, slightly warmer than is ideal. Yeah. I uh, would probably want this 10 to 15 yeah, degrees like it's, cooler. It's been out of the fridge for a minute because we were kind of prepping to start the show here. And I think some of that saltiness would hide itself if this mm. were colder and some of the lime zestiness would come out more. See, this is exactly as salty and as limey. Like I might put a splash of more of lime juice okay. and a splash more salt in this just because I am a glutton. Okay, for- but we should be clear. This is, is not a – maybe you don't agree. I don't think this is a hint of salt. I think this is bordering on almost like a Goza-style beer. I wouldn't say Goza, but it definitely tastes like – uh, like a, any style, any Mexican lager with like a salted rim. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's a very particular thing. This tastes exactly like, like a Corona with salt and lime, mm-hmm. like with the right ratios of salt and lime to give it that robust flavor. That's yes. about what you'd want it to get to. It's like that without the skunkiness of a Corona. Totally. This is much more of, yeah, a, it's a Pilsner like approach. If Corona out of the can did that. Have you ever had Corona out of the can? No, but I don't really partake often. I'd, I happen to reach for craft beer, so, <laughs> so excuse me. My bad. It's uh, a completely different experience out sure, of the can. Sure, Um, Unrelated, but I just discovered those Heineken alcohol-free ones in a oh, can. You, I didn't know they were in a can. You just discovered the I ones didn't know. I thought been... it was, no, I thought it was in bottles only. Oh, no, yeah. They sell 12 packs of cans. Wow. So I took the opportunity, of course, to to send you a photo and say, hi, in a can. Yeah, boy. Uh, it just blew my mind. I didn't realize you were highlighting the can. Yeah. Well, that was the pun, dude. Hi, in yeah. a can. Well, it doesn't matter. I thought it was a pretty good pun. It was fine. I got it at Trader Joe's is where I found this. Oh, nice. doesn't matter for now. Um, I really like this. I really like taco truck with lime. I think it's very good. It's just uh, a very specific summertime salty lime drink. And I like those. So if you're like me and you make these type of beers for outdoor activities all spring and summer long, this is that finished product just without the steps or extra ingredients. If you're headed camping, backpacking out to the river, don't you want that flavor, but you don't want to have to deal with like salt. Yes. A salt. No one wants to bring a salt shaker in a kayak. That'd be weird. That's true. Yeah. Although I could see it, you know, someone just brings their own artisanal salt. I could bring like a vial of salt just around, your neck. around my yeah, neck yeah. and just tink, just, tink, yeah, totally. tink. I dig this though. I think it's fantastic. Okay. So the question is then 
let's assume these are they're all readily available. You have this whenever you want, and mm-hmm. it's right there in the fridge at your favorite uh, bottle shop next to Corona. You have to add lime and salt to your Corona, so that's one factor. But but how do you think it stacks up? Would you prefer this or that? I think it accomplishes exactly the same end goal mm-hmm. without the steps. So that therefore, just based on efficiency mm-hmm. and, it, and it being more of a craft. <clears throat> beer yes this is better than a corona with lime hot take i said it i feel like it's a hot take i think that's I, that's what i was hoping you'd say and i think that's what probably people would expect on this show is like yeah you've got all of the benefits of a craft brewery so you're talking local economies and better ingredients and all everything that comes along with that and a drink that is matching up in quality and flavor to the thing that it is well i don't know if i'd say it's trying to emulate it's trying to emulate. it is like it's what it is and it does it better i agree yeah and it has that smooth light easy drinking factor it's not heavy because i've had plenty of craft loggers where i'm like oof this is still heavy it's gonna sit heavy i'm sure. not but this is so light this is a very sessionable sessionable 4.7 percent lager yeah all right well i don't like this as much as you no I'd, I'd appreciate it being more subtle i think this is a little bit gimmicky for me and i hate to talk trash because it is tasty but it's can i have yours <laughs> really my glass is empty you no i'm just kidding. okay um it's 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 a little bit too limey. It's a little bit too salty. I think it's overshadowing a lot of the flavor notes that I like in the original. That said, there is a time and a place. If you want the original, you should just buy the original. Totally, yeah. Um, I think it's still pretty good, man. I, I'm definitely not upset with that. I'm glad we got this. Glad we got a chance to try it. I'm looking forward to seeing it in our local markets. We're in, um, if you're listening in the future, this is early March. So uh, assuming this will get some distro for the summer months. And then up here in Chico, that turns into like 105 degrees Yeah, at minimum. This will be great for summertime. So I'm sure I'll grab this at some point in my future. Not mad at it at all, and I'm ready to give it a rating out of 10 if you are, but please, you first. Uh, Yeah, one thing, too. This reminds me of a toned-down version of um, Seaquake? No, Uh, no, you're so close. Sequench, Sequench. yeah, from Dogfish Head. Yeah. That's exactly what it reminds me of. It's like that, but less sour. I love that beer. Yeah. And I don't know what the difference is. That one is a Goza, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's way more tart. And it's way, yeah, it's got way more sort of, yeah, tartness and saltiness and... Maybe, I don't know. I just, yeah, this being a lager is throwing me off. If if it did commit to being a Goza, I'd be a, a happy camper. I think the main problem is you don't usually do that to lagers. I've been, I mean, I've been known to salt and lime up a lager or two in my day, yeah. my friend, please. All right. But I don't do it, yeah, quite maybe as religiously not, as you do. But it's not the go-to. No. No. That's fair. But, man, I forgot about Sea Crunch, by the way. That's a great Good beer. beer. Yeah. Um, okay, taco truck with lime, my friend, or taco truck lime lager, as it is uh, more officially called in the can. Just keep calling it with lime. Uh, out of 10, what you got? 9.1. Wow. This is one of the best uh, adjunct lagers I've ever had. Wow, I feel like we need a sound effect board. Like I need to press like a bam, bam, or like something. That blew, 9.1? Yeah, this is fantastic. That's a very this good This is a top-tier craft lager, and it does exactly what it's trying to do. Uh, this flavor profile is very desirable and sought after by a large populace of this country and other countries. Yeah. And I think if they can encapsulate that as a craft brewery and bring that flavor to craft beer people, it's the best of both worlds. And this is something that will be immediately a staple in my house all summer. Guaranteed. <sighs> all right. It's one of those situations that's coming down to personal preference. It's a six for me. Totally good. I could totally have it again. But wow. 9.1. That's a very, very incredible. Yeah. 9.1 for you. Six for me. You got anything else on this? I wish I had more. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try Taco Truck Lime Lager from Dust Bowl, we do want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. If you post a sepia-filtered pic of you and your friends 
being all adorable, sipping this beer while listening to this here show, tag us at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Next is a spoiler for our movie of the week. A spoiler? <laughs> ah, a trailer with no spoilers. Nice. Uh, yeah, for Licorice Pizza. So don't worry, no spoilers in the next segment. Max, roll that beautiful pizza footage. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair I met the girl I'm going to marry one day But her mommy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go Listen, young lady But her friend is nowhere to be seen So how'd you become such a hotshot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view. Wow, 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 wow. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, but Streisand. Sand. But the film is a sad thing This is fate that brought us together. But she's lifted ten times or more. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. They ask her to focus on. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See you tomorrow. I think it's weird to hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. I'm not gonna forget you. Just like you're not gonna forget me. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly slash hopefully on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It's available right now. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough of me and Max, there's plenty more to digest. What you just heard was a trailer for Licorice Pizza. Yeah, it's the latest film from Paul Thomas Anderson. If you somehow don't know him by name, he's directed films like Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, uh, and Phantom Thread, which we covered on the show back in 2017 when it was released. Licorice Pizza marks PTA's most personal film to date, though the story itself is fictional. Most of the characters and situations uh, they find themselves in are based on real events from PTA's childhood in the 1970s near Hollywood in Southern California. The film follows the budding friendship of Gary and Alana. Gary played here uh, in his feature debut, uh, by the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, Cooper Hoffman, is a somewhat successful child actor with aspirations for greatness and a hustler's mentality that gives us the impression of maturity beyond his 15 years. And Alana, played by Alana Haim, another film debut, by the way, is a 20-something photographer's assistant that meets Gary during a photo shoot for student headshots at his high school. Gary's smitten. 
Alana is reluctant and playfully annoyed, and the film kind of goes from there. It's less about the shenanigans that these two get into, though there are plenty, and more focused on the ideas of dreams, love, and the simultaneous excruciating weight and liberating lightness of being young and hopeful in the 70s in California. Alongside our two main characters, uh, Licorice Pizza bombards us in all the best ways with a pretty fantastic ensemble cast, including Bradley Cooper, Tom Waits, Sean Penn, and Benny Safdie, many others, most of whom are also playing sort of fictionalized versions of real-life people. The film was written and directed and shot by Paul Thomas Anderson with a cinematography credit being shared with Michael Bauman. It came out in select theaters November 26th before receiving a slightly wider release on Christmas, uh, and it runs two hours and 14 minutes. Johnny Summers, what did you think of it? Well... I had lots of thoughts while watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was somewhat entertaining, but I think you're going to get the impression pretty quick that I'm, I'm already getting fairly <laughs> lukewarm on this movie. Okay, uh, you know, it really did focus on the 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 bouncing off of each other throughout life in multiple scenarios of Gary and Lana, and the hijinks, like you said. There sure. was a lot of hustling. There was a mm-hmm. lot of weird. At one point, there was a waterbed pyramid scheme. Yeah, that was that it's was great. Pretty engaging. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely a look at you know young life, young love. I had a real hard time getting over the fact that he was fifteen That's and a she was point, uh, for sure. twenty-five. We'll get into that because if the sexes were reversed, I think this movie would be quite icky. That's it. Yeah. So uh, there was there was stuff there. Uh, overall, the plot was uh, it just felt flat to me i i wasn't super engaged okay. i didn't really get invested in any of the characters i honestly felt that gary was kind of just one-dimensional and boring as a as a main character I, I, he didn't suck me in at all the um, character or, or the performance the just character to, okay and maybe the performance but i all don't right. know maybe he was working with what he was given with okay. the writing okay uh, i think lana was definitely the driving force of this movie she was a much more dynamic personality mm-hmm. uh gary seemed to be motivated purely by uh, almost narcissism uh and i thought that she had different motivations and it brought more depth to the plot but overall I thought it was was entertaining. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I I wasn't super impressed. It's worth pointing out this one is nominated also. Yes, it's part of a series is. and like catching up on Best Picture nominees. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's that's my overall. I thought that the plot was somewhat weak, and it didn't really didn't really do it for me. There's there's really no other way to say it. Okay. Um. So a couple things that I want to follow up on. First, I I think um this movie has a ton of hype. I mean, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. It's it's the debut performance of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was a, f- a very frequent collaborator with PTA, by the way. Um, it's his first on-screen debut, and same with Alana Haim. And there's a lot of buzz around sort of their performances, and and I like it, man. I, I, I have a hard time because I want to – you probably know this better than most people. Like I want – I find myself agreeing with critics, and I find that like a, a – point of pride for some reason. Like I was like, yes, I see things that the, like I look at movies different. It's stupid and it's ego and it's not real. But when a movie comes along like this, where everybody basically, including just regular viewers and critics, like it's amazing. I'm almost like, I almost find myself talking myself into it. And to, to say that I love this would be disingenuous because I do really like it. I think the craft is there. I think it's got a lot of the sort of the, the movie making skills that PTA brings to a lot of his movies, but it's, it's so sort of soft and tender of a story and it's so personal that I think for me, the, the lack of connection to the subject matter, the time period, the place just wasn't there. So I think the performances are good, but I'm with you in that I wasn't 
totally sucked in by it in general. I think there's a lot of great stuff. It's not going to make my top probably 10 of the year, but I think it's really good. I think it'll benefit from some rewatches. I think there's a lot to soak in. There's a lot of textures and I think the costumes and, and they do a good job sort of recreating the seventies in Hollywood. And I think if you have an affection for that time period, it's a movie that will reward a viewer really well. I'm not going to rewatch something again for the costumes though. What else merits rewatchability? Little women. Oh, do you mean in the movie? In this movie. Sure. I little costumes, women. Dude, great costumes in little women. I don't know why that jumped to mind. Uh, big Greta Gerwig fan, I guess I am. Um, you know, the soundtrack, I think that's a pretty big part of it too. There's a lot of great needle drops, maybe appropriately, given the the title of the film, which I guess was a record story. Actually, I'm not going to say. I'm going to leave it in case somebody wants to write it and tell us if they know what it is. Um, I think, yeah, I think if you're into the, the 70s vibe, it's rewatchable. And I think like Bradley Cooper's sort of cameo is great. There's a, there's a, there's great little scenes. I think you can be totally invested in the relationship of the two mains. Great enough. But if you like sort of the hijinks stuff, like the waterbed thing, great. There's an audition scene where Alana is doing, um, she's interviewing with a casting agent, which actually had me busting up pretty hard. It was so funny. Um, so there's little nuggets like that. It's a very sort of digestible in nuggets if you want, cause it's a pretty long film. Like we, like we said, but I'm also inclined to think if it didn't grab somebody on a first viewing, it might not on a second. So I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say if you didn't like it, go watch it again. Um, especially with all the movies that are out these days. Yeah. But I think it was good. I think it was a solid attempt at a period piece to grab some seventies nostalgia, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's been done quite a bit. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson, director of Boogie Nights. Right. You know what I mean? I, I get it. It's kind of your wheelhouse, but I'm not in love with this movie. I feel like, like I said, Lana was my favorite character. Gary just felt very drab and smug. Often. I think I have to correct you on saying Alana. I just want to throw that out once. Is it Alana? Yeah. Okay. I know. I think it's. I think you know that too. Yeah. I just forgot to put the A. That's fine. Boom. Uh, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. I found Gary just smug and uninteresting. And, <sighs> you know, yeah. his whole thing is just like awkwardly staring at people. It didn't get me. It wasn't charming. I didn't think he was cute. Okay. I didn't yeah. buy him as anything other than just kind of annoying, quite frankly. Dude, I think you're honest. I think that is sort of the, between him and Alana, the, you have to buy into at least one of them, probably two. You have to probably buy both. And yeah, he's a very specific type of personality. It, it's a weird choice. Again, it's kind of based on a real person in PTA's life, but all the adults that interact with Gary, like he seems older than 15. Mm -hmm. Alana seems younger than 25. And I think that's a little bit of wiggle room you get for this relationship. It's not an explicitly sexual relationship too, um, especially when compared to something like we just covered Red Rocket, mm -hmm. which is much more inappropriate, I think. This is pretty mostly platonic. Mm -hmm. And um, part of that is because of the way that all the adults treat Gary. He kind of walks around like a big shot and talks mature, but then like everybody kind of gives that back to him probably because he was, you know, an actor young and he's kind of been in the industry and people respect him a bit, but I can see that being a very off-putting personality. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't bother me. Like, I think he was kind of fun to watch. I think that, that actor in particular is very charismatic and that works for me, but I could see that being sort of divisive. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, he, he was a, a middle of the road child actor that was, yeah. you know, when he listed his achievements, it was like commercials mm -hmm. and like small mm -hmm. bits and things. And it was just, there was a, a too big for your britches and your ego outshining your yeah. actual abilities. Yeah. And it just, it came off to me as annoying. And I didn't yeah. find him like, I feel like this movie hinged on my, my enjoyment was hinged on me finding him like charming in some way. Like yeah. you said, one of the Maybe. two of mm -hmm. them. 
for me, this movie was way more about Alana. Okay. And her motivations and stuff, because like we kind of figured out Gary very early in the film. Because if yeah. you look at his character arc, it his character never really evolved no. or changed in any single way. And she's this 25-year-old woman that's kind of stuck in a dead-end job who's still at home with her parents being treated like she's 15. Yes. So I felt like that they lined up on like a maturity level, mm-hmm. but except for when it suited her needs. Sure. Uh, just fun production fact. Her her family in, in the film is actually her family. That makes sense. The sisters looked exactly the And same. they're all actually in a band, by the way, called Haim. I haven't looked into it, but the three of those I've sisters. I've heard of that band. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the parents, though, are, are uh, her actual parents. And I believe if I read right, the mother was a teacher of Paul Thomas Anderson's at one point in his oh, life wow. when he was younger. Whoa. I think maybe in that area of California. I'm not sure. But huh. um, there's some great sort of – there's a lot of um, – the real story behind licorice pizza and sort of who everybody's based on. If you're mm. interested in that at all, like I was like, who's, who's Bradley Cooper's character supposed to be? Cause what a dirt bag, mm-hmm. but also what a great performance that was. He was thought. so intense. So intense. And I love, like, I, I think Bradley Cooper's really funny. He's often cast into these very um, dramatic roles. Like you got your, what was it? Um, Stars born. Yeah. Like not a lot of room for jokes in that movie, but then he's also in like the hangover, which I feel is pretty lowbrow humor. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit campier and a little bit more fun, but I love watching actors who, uh, aren't typically able to do this kind of stuff, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Penn is great in this too, I think. Yeah. He has really good performances for the most part. It was fine. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think it's going to come down to how much you like the, uh, the, the world that we are given and how much you like the characters and can be invested in what they're going through. This movie felt way more like a film that Paul Thomas Anderson made for Paul Thomas Anderson. For sure. Which, you know, uh, if you make enough great movies like he has, you go for it. Yeah. yeah if he's, right. if you've earned the credibility and the, the pull to make something right. like, like this, that is essentially a, a love letter to your childhood, then, then grip it and rip it. But, sure. uh, for me, it didn't, didn't hit the mark. Would you give me an out of 10, please? Out of 10 on licorice pizza. I'm going to give it a 5.4. Okay. Just slightly above middle of the road. I'm going to give it a seven. Cause I really think the craft is there. I think there's a lot of great stuff and we can talk about this more in the danger zone. But for now, once again, you've been listening to fresh hop cinema, maybe on KZFR 90.1 FM licorice pizza is available to purchase on voodoo and select video on demand platforms. Uh, if you've seen it, you have thoughts of your own, or if you think you know where the name licorice pizza comes from, prove it. You can reach out to us on social media at fresh hop cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com or just head to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, and episodes of this show dating all the way back to 2016. To our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Licorice Pizza, a second beer review, our thoughts on the latest studio blockbuster video game adaptation action jaunt uncharted plus the scintillating effervescent and always entertaining hot and bothered head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to fresh hop cinema the rest of this episode is available right now for your auditory consumption and to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast app We'll be right back with the danger zone. Danger zone. Hey, welcome to the danger zone. Part of the show where we spoil stuff, in this case from Licorice Pizza. If you haven't seen it, again, it's available depending on where you live, maybe in theaters. It's also on Voodoo for 20 bucks. You can buy it in um, standard definition or UHXQZD definition. WX. What does that mean? I don't know. It, like play in 4K, I guess? They have 8K TVs now. So maybe That's it wild. Has something to do with that. How many K do you need? I don't know what the K even stands for. I don't either. It's like pixels per inch or something. But Kilowatts, bro. 
Oh, it's a power thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about power. That's why your electricity bill goes up when you buy a new TV. Can I ask you your favorite um, sort of side tangent hustle thing in, in this movie? Did you have one? You mentioned the water mattress. What, what does it sound weird? Water mattress? Waterbed. What? No one says water mattress. It's like saying <laughs> billiards instead of pool. Water mattress. Um, yeah. Tell me more. Uh, that was pretty cool. I think that was only that and the pinball, right? Um, yeah. There was really only two. Oh, I guess so. I'm sort of thinking of the tangents of like the waterbed thing where we install it at Bradley Cooper's character's house. Like that's sort of its own thing. And then like when the waterbed presentation happens at the, uh, we call that like a, like a comic con. Yeah. Job fair sort of thing. It was a teen fair is what they called it on that's the, right. the marquee. Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, just the water bit thing, I guess. There was really only one. The pinball thing was he just overheard somebody saying pinball would be decriminalized, which, was that a fucking thing? I, probably. There's weird stuff that happened, man. Is that Was that like a law against the youth or minorities? <sighs> it had to be. I don't know. That's so dumb. Uh, Pinball's the devil's game with yeah. your flippy flappies. Yeah. I like sort of the incorporation of the gas crisis that was happening at the time that was the, that montage of him sort of running for gas mm-hmm. was a nice shot i thought it was it was nice to contextualize it in the history of sort of um american uh culture stuff. yeah culture history. i guess yeah pop uh, culture yes with reagan and blah 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 yeah that kind of stuff um do you, i'm sure you don't do you have anything you want to talk about here it seems like you don't ah uh, benny safty's face is creepy that's another tangent great example i don't yeah yeah you're right uh, also based on a real politician, um, s- Senator, I don't know sure if he became a Senator wax W a C H S who was, uh, gay did mm-hmm. not come out until 1999, if I remember right. And I think that was another sort of interesting thing to explore. Yeah. That was th- that scene where he called in Alana to kind of get him out of looking yeah. like a gay man on a date with his boyfriend. Yeah. That was the only moment that actually felt heartfelt in this whole movie. They have a me. nice conversation, Alana and his boyfriend on the way home. That was the best scene in the movie. Oh, nice. It didn't I, even have the, one of the two main characters. Sure. In it. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great scene. Also, that, also who fucking runs that much in polyester that got old quick. Dude, I don't know, man. I like it. You could imagine running, getting old, but I'll watch people run in polyester all day. It's great. Know. Didn't do it for me. Yeah. Okay. I, watched this last night and the whole time I've been mm-hmm. thinking why the fuck wouldn't I just watch uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again just for the nostalgia if kick? I want like this retro mm-hmm. you know period piece of 60s 70s to me they're kind of interchangeable because I wasn't alive for either of them and they uh-huh. all had the same cars and terrible clothes it's fine <laughs> but why yeah. wouldn't I just watch that one it's better it's funnier it's got a more interesting plot with better character development better engagement it's just better it's in diff- all the different ways movies i guess yeah you could you could make the case that that one sort of scratches an itch that i'm you got to call me for saying sort of i've already said it five times or six or something okay. and i can't stop all right and well, i have that's to edit this stuff and i've heard myself say it so much and i need to stop saying well it. every time you say it i'm gonna say it's fucking interesting fair enough that's interesting uh n- they're two different movies basically well yeah obviously on on the tarantino side of things you have your black comedy action absurdity stuff but you also get that wrapped up in the seventies nostalgia here is much more sincere and tender and you still get the nostalgia, but it's in a totally different package. I think that's, that's a reason to not uh, go for once upon a time. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely different movies. It's just that one's so much better. I, well, it's pretty subjective probably. And we'll see. I, you definitely like one more. I get that. Yeah. The other thing that this reminded me of with all of the social commentary stuff and with, with the politics and with the gas and everything going on is a bit of a Forrest Gumpy kind of vibe. Mm. We're sort of watching main. Damn it. There it is again. We're watching two main characters go through the world as it's sort of happening. I can't stop as it's happening around them. And that's what happens in Forrest Gump. Yeah. 
you watch him run around and then it's Vietnam and it's everything that happens in that movie. And, and I don't love Forrest And Gump. it's New Year's, then you're on a yeah. shrimp boat. And it's like, I get it. I don't know if we need to have one character go through all this. It seems like it sort of takes away from the... Sort of does. Gosh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> the believability of the character. Yeah. But fine. I don't know. I think every other Paul Thomas Anderson movie I've ever seen was better than this one. This might be his worst movie. I don't think that's true. But I'm also not a PTA expert. What is your favorite one of his movies? There Will Be Blood. Really? Yeah. That movie was a masterpiece. I think mine might be Phantom Thread. Still haven't seen that, but it's on Netflix now. Didn't I said we covered it on the you show. You covered it. You didn't see that? No. I saw that on tour. I remember I was in maybe uh, Tuscaloosa. I was in Southern California. I don't know where that is. Tuscaloosa? Alabama. No, never. That's not where I was. That's not where anybody is. Ever. There are people there. Maybe. There's probably people listening. If you're right listening now. in Tuscaloosa, please reach out. Let us know that you're real. Drop us a line. But yeah, I remember seeing that alone. I just kind of assumed we covered it together. No, that was a flick pick. All right. And it was one that I didn't get around to. I think it was a Best Picture nominee. I'm sure it was. So. It's good. It's yeah. Really good. Uh, I think, if anything, I want to talk about stuff that bugged me, but I don't think there's much more. I don't think I have a lot more that bugged me. Okay. So. Then we don't need to. I feel pretty good on this. Okay. I will probably watch it again at some point. I will not. Yeah. And I might not either. I got a lot of stuff I got to watch. Yeah. So. Plus you got a life. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. So licorice pizza back in the cupboard oven. Where do you put a licorice pizza if we're talking food? In the sleeve. Fridge maybe? Box. Sure. If we're actually talking vinyl, that's true. Yeah. Back in the sleeve then. Back in the box. On the shelf. There we go. Licorice pizza. Done. See it if you want. Let us know what you think. This is a great one because you might agree with one of us more than the other. Needle drop. Sure. <laughs> Put that in. Um, beer two? Beer numero dos. All right. Shout outs are in order, as I understand it. I don't know what we're drinking because this was not in my fridge. The sort of the, the podcast beer fridge, I almost did it. See, I caught it, is in your domain. And this was given to us, as I understand it, by a, a friend of the show, B, patron of the show. Mm-hmm. Tell me more, please. Working on it. Yeah, sorry. What are you doing down there? Put my knife back in my pocket. I had to open the beer. Sure. So the second beer we were drinking is from friend of mine, friend of yours, friend of the show, friend to humanity. Wow. Philip James. Trillium. Yeah. Trillium, when I hear it, I think hazy IPAs. Yeah. Which is kind of their more popular style. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to see, oh, you can do it in that glass, huh? I was drinking coffee before and Johnny kind of called me on a break because, or called me out on a break because- my my first beer review was maybe tinted with coffee. Yeah, you drank a, a lime lager with coffee breath. Fortunately, our second beer might lend itself really nicely to that aftertaste. And it's called, yeah, Night and Day. It's from Trillium out of Massachusetts. And it's an imperial stout with cold brew coffee, toasted almond, and vanilla. Johnny, give me that ABV. It's a mild-mannered 12.7%. <laughs> uh, you know anything about the beer? Once again, we partner with Barrington Coffee Roasters to bring or to brew Night and Day. In order to reach the higher gravity and fuller body of this massive imperial stout, we employ a reiterating mash technique that allows us to create an unusually rich high gravity, 100% malt wort. Pouring raven black with a persistent creamy pale brown head, night and day is seductive with aromatics of roasted dark malt, espresso, caramel, cocoa powder, dark fruit, charred toast, and subtle sweet vanilla at a soul-warming ABB of 12.7%. This bold imperial stout drinks velvety smooth with a mellow bitterness, silky carbonation, and balanced flavors of dark roast coffee, chocolate, figs, affogato, and blackest cherry. Do you ever think that sometimes breweries list, they like throw in a descriptor just to see if anyone's actually reading? Yeah. Because like roasted malt, great. Espresso, delicious. Caramel, cocoa powder, love it. Dark fruit, charred toast. 
That seems like a bad thing to me. Right. It's either I've burnt my toast or I'm having a stroke. Neither thing I want to associate with a beer necessarily. Yeah. I don't want burnt toast. I literally scrape the char off the toast. I don't inhale it when I do it. I put my face away. I scrape it in the sink. I'm like, now we get to the goods. Yeah. Charred toast is a weird uh, aromatic descriptor is, I guess, what I'm getting at. At least it's not charred toast like the vegetable. Ugh. Bad. Just poor man's avocado toast. Just hot just lettuce. Hot chard. Just hot chard on toast. <laughs> chard on crouton. Ugh. That sounds gross. Yeah, it it's, does. It's a portable salad. That's yeah, it's a reverse. It's like all the best parts of the salad. You just get a giant crouton. There's a market for this, by the way. I don't know what it is. I mean, that's basically what a toasted sub is. Yeah, I guess that's but true. We just need to up the crispiness. And thicken it. Yeah. Like a real like a full scale to crouton. Just a big just block of, of crunchy bread. Like a four inch by four inch <laughs> crouton. With just a bit of lettuce on top. Yeah. A spritzing of chard. I'd try to eat it. Crumbles everywhere. Dude, imagine what that do to the top of your mouth. Oh, yeah. You ever get Dutch crunch bread? Oh, yeah. Send it back. I order sandwiches at restaurants that come toasted untoasted. Oh, really? Because it hurts the top of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People get wild at that sort of thing. You ever seen those? We're going to get on track here in a second. You ever seen those videos where people will prank people at Subway and they'll say, can I get it toasted? And then they'll toast it. And they'll be like, can you toast it one more time? And they just keep doing it until they stop. I don't know what's wrong with people. That's the internet though. And people will just keep doing it. And they're like, are you serious? And then the employee starts getting mad and it just turns into charred toast, which is what I'm hoping this beer doesn't taste like. I don't care if you've seen the videos. I just want oh, to I've talk seen about them. them I guess. They're so stupid. Why you got to fuck with fast food workers? While I just, they're at their yeah, job, just, just, bro. just go eat a sandwich just, or go home. Just get your $5 foot long and yeah. foot long fuck off. I bet you those aren't even five bucks anymore. They have some that are, they have like daily specials now. Really? I go to Subway like some mayonnaise on bread. Here's your $5 foot long. No, they do like today's $5 foot long is like the Italian cold cut. Tomorrow's five long is like the turkey. You know, so they I have. Need, I need to know. Are you actually telling me that's what today's and tomorrow? Like, do you know? No, I don't okay. know specifically. Right. No judgment. But I do go to Subway. I feel like it's somewhat of a better alternative than like McDonald's. a lot of other. Yeah. Yeah, it's right on the line of not being fast food. The only thing fast food about it in the sense of fast food is that it's quick. Well, and there was a big shit storm about their bread. What's wrong with their bread? There was a study done and there was zero molecules of bread in their What bread. else could it be? It was like- What do you mean molecules of bread? Preservatives. It, it didn't share very many particles. I don't think with, this is real. It's You can look it up. And Handicals? now all the subways have this big giant campaign and neons in the windows with that say fresh baked bread because they got a metric fuck tongue of bad press about their bread being like basically cardboard, kind of like a molded recycled flip flop. Are you saying molded like moldy? No, like molded into a bread shaped tube. Well, it tastes good. Yeah. No, it always like, tastes good. Yeah. That Italian urban cheese bread. Great stuff. Ooh, get out of here. Yeah. You put that in a in a gladiator fight with Dutch Crunch. Actually, Dutch Crunch probably wins because that's sort of a brute force kind of thing. They're sort of, again, drink. Not a rule. Okay. Uh, Interesting. I, I agree. Italian urban and cheese is better. Yeah. Have you tried the beer? <laughs> Should we remind people what we're even drinking? We're drinking Subway, guys. <laughs> it's night and day from Trillium. Thanks to Philip. Also, sorry. If you had to fill up, if you're listening, or if anybody from Trillium's listening, if anybody from review. Subway's listening, <laughs> Jared, uh, oh, is he is he still a Subway he's guy? In prison for, he's out, right? No, he's still in no, 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 prison. No, no, he's out. Like he's not in Subway. He's done. No, what did he do? He's a fucking child molester. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Okay. I just do they have a spokesperson now? Uh, last commercials I saw were a bunch of athletes like Steph Curry, mm. Charles Barkley, Serena Williams. 
Okay. Uh, I think Tom Brady's been in a couple. Sure. So yeah, just a smattering of, of superstar athletes really I, trying to up the image. I swear on everything, this is the last tangent I'm going to intentionally put us on. But I was at fuck. I'm here. I was at an event. Sounds so. I don't remember what the event was. I was younger. I must have been like 15 or 14 or something like that. Stay with me. Jared was at this event, and the subway guy. It was like right when this was breaking. Not friend of the show, Jared Schmidt. No, no, no. That would have been great. No, but I remember there was all this hubbub because I think maybe this was about to break. Nobody knew anything about him. There were no allegations, and it was this huge deal. Like he was there and taking photos with people. I didn't get a photo with him. Probably for the best. God, that'd be I know. funny if but he it, had that. Because he lost, that, oh, that was his thing. He lost a ton of weight in yeah. the subway. That was like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this was him having lost weight, and he was promoting subway, I guess, at this corporate event that I was at with my family. Weird. Hmm. So now, but now Jared and subway are in my brain together. Yeah, forever. that makes sense. And now I want subway. It sounds good. It sounds pretty good. Does it, you ready? Right here it is. Does the taste or the idea of the taste of subway toasted bread remind you of this beer? Because I know that you took a drink. No, I'm not getting much toast. Okay, I'm going to try it now. So that just means, A, that that they were wrong, and also, B, I'm not having a stroke. So both positives. Super stoked on that. Do you like the beer? It is very robust. Uh Uh-huh. It is hot. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that's striking me Mm -hmm. as I've taken two small sips. Definitely getting some heat in the chest region. It's 12.7%. I think the coffee might have fallen off a bit. Yep. uh, But I am getting a lot of roasted malt. Not so much on the vanilla, maybe just a tiny hint of almonds. Essentially, mm-hmm. what I'm getting is just a very robust, strong, semi-sweet stout. See, I'm getting a lot of sweetness, especially in the figgy realm. There's also not too much carbonation. My head is basically gone, too. And I think this is a little bit warmer than we should be drinking it. I'd like it a little bit more chilled because okay. it's pretty much room temp at this point. Because mm-hmm. it's been out of your fridge for a long time, I assume. Since this morning. Okay. Yeah, long enough. Um, it's good, though. Good enough. I'd like to try. I've only had one sip, but I was not off put on on the first drink. I guess that's a good starting point. Yeah, the coffee, if it's fallen off, I think has just fallen into the category of maybe just kind of a subtle flavor. It's there. It's just not uh, right up the forefront. There's a perfumey quality that I'm picking up that I don't love, and also almost a um, not rum, almost a wine thing, almost a wine thing going on. Is it pirate wine? It might be pirate wine. Uh, I'm looking for a bottling date on this. I don't know that I'm going to find one. Do you know of one on this that I just am not seeing? Probably not. I guess we have to drink it all the way. And yeah. then that, because I can see the top part of the glass and I know there's nothing written there, but you get down here, it's so dark. There might be. Who knows? It's possible. I definitely can't see it. Uh, we literally have to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I suppose we do. How long have you had this beer? When did Philip give this to you or us? We'll say us. A week ago. Oh, okay. Do you know how long he's at it? No. Because we saw Philip at, at, a, at a, we'll call it a podcast event. Mm-hmm. He was getting rid of beer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And this Cleaning is just out his fridge. This is just one. He was like, here you go. You can have. Yeah. Okay. So he could, Philip, if you're listening, can you please let us know? I'd like to know. I think they brewed night and day several times. Uh, so it might not be difficult to find when they made this. Yeah. Cold brew coffee is sort of, is a move, I think, because it's, by design, such a sweet take on coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think pairing it, this is basically a dessert salad. It's just not calling itself that. Mm-hmm. And I think the sweetness that I'm getting from the, well, I don't know what it's from, but the the fig notes and and that more fruity, leathery kind of sweetness. Like plums almost. Yeah, that kind of thing. Would have been better served with a bitter coffee, mm-hmm. or roasty bitter coffee. And the cold brew is adding to a sweetness, adding to the sweetness in a way that um, 
isn't totally working for me. Especially if they added like a really bright, vibrant coffee, like an African totally. or an Ethiopian, yep. like a Guatemalan. That's yes. going to just make this beer explode. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm sort of torn. There's sort of I meant it that time though, because I do think there's some good notes, but I'm leaning overall into saying I don't love it for sure. I think I still like it though. I really wish there was more toasted almond and vanilla. I the wish there was more charred itself. toast. Well, we think we can both agree there should be more charred toast. Obviously. I don't know. Do you have any luck on finding the brewing schedule for this? No. Well, then I guess we'll leave it up to Philip if he reaches out. I think it came out within the last year. You think? I'm not mistaken. Maybe the last two years. I think the last year. There's a big difference there. If there's a two-year-old beer, like, okay, it makes a little sense if it's falling off, but. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I enjoy it. I think there's a a nice subtle vanilla and and the coffee has really mellowed and cold brew is so not bitter anyway. So I really don't mind the the coffee notes that I'm yeah. getting. I think it's at this point this beer is subtle, nicely sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say like like semi sweet because I've been to a bottle share recently where oh. there was like nothing but pastry stouts. So okay. like by comparison this is like a 5 out of 10 on the sweetness scale. Wow. Yeah. I must have been. Did you are you okay? <laughs> I think I had diabetes on Sunday. That's bad. I, mean, I shook that's a it, lot. Though. How I, much uh I mean, did you have cocaine? You, sure. No. Did you have a ton of those pastry stouts? There was mostly those. Uh, I think I probably had a total of like 20 ounces of beer. Okay. I was taking moderate pours, but the flavor, I mean, in the, just the way it coats your mouth and your tiny little taster glass. Sure. Just looks like you dipped it in mm-hmm. motor oil. Yeah. The, the sweetness of, of stouts has just skyrocketed exponentially yeah. in yeah. the last couple of years. But this one I like, I love this version of this beer in this beer's lifespan. I think it's quite drinkable. I think it's personally pretty subtle in the way of adjuncts compared to a lot of other stouts on the market these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably And true. in some ways subtle to a flaw. I would love to feel um feel in my soul. I get it. I would yeah. love to feel more of the vanilla. Sure. Uh, I just love that like marshmallowy vanilla bean flavor, especially with cold brew coffee. Yep. I think that would have really punched this beer up. But as it stands, pretty solid. Yeah, I think okay, solid. I think you are onto something in most of the things you're saying, except for the subtlety. Usually. Sure. The sweetness is not subtle to me, but I also haven't had a pretty big pastry stout in a while. I wish this were more viscous. It's pretty, no, it's not thin, but you know, it's not nearly what you would expect. Like you were saying, like it's a fairly thing. thin. It's fairly thin. There's not enough heat for me to justify the sweetness that I'm getting. I also want more of the flavors like the toasted vanilla or the toasted almond and the vanilla. And I'm getting mostly a sweet coffee chocolate thing. And, and some of that, um, it's not a stone fruit. Um, what do you call like figs and raisins and plums? I guess I'm just going to say figs and raisins and plums. There you There's go. a lot of that. I call them those. Sure. And I think it's okay. You know, it's sort of a weird, like Trillium sort of, <clears throat> sort of. Trillium is a world famous brewery, PTA, world famous director. It's, it's poetic and nice that you are not super hot on his movie. I'm not super hot on this beer. It's fine. There you go. I'm going to drink it again though. All right. I'm going to give you an out of 10. For me, Day and night is a solid 6.3. Yeah, for me, it's about a four, man. Okay, wow. I know. Have we done other Trillium beers on the show? Yeah. I know we have. Yeah, we've done some of their hazy stuff. tell you the name. It's fine. Of any of them. But I remember liking their hazy stuff, and I think that's maybe, if these are my two barometers, I will stick with hazy stuff moving forward, I guess. Which feels rude, but here I am. It happens. Yeah. If you think of anything that we've done, please let me know. I'm going to rack my brain. Also, um, but it's been years, I bet, since we've covered Trillium. I don't know if we ever have. Maybe we've done some bonus content stuff on Patreon. 
That sounds more likely. Yeah, which is a great way to hear stuff that we don't do on the regular show if you're interested, everybody. Mm-hmm. You got anything else on this? No, I think it's solid. I appreciate Philip for giving it to us. Then shall we revisit the wide world of action films? Oh, my God. Um, Let's say now we're not going to spoil Uncharted. No, we're going to spoil it. Yeah, okay, we'll, do, there, we'll give you a warning. Here's a trailer for Uncharted. Don't go anywhere. There are places out there you can't find on any map. They're not gone. They're just lost. Hey, kid. I'm a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? This path of Ferdinand Magellan took to sail around the world. You know your history. It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. I think you're here because of your brother. Well, you know my brother, Sam. Find that gold. You find him too. Who the hell is this? I'm a friend of Sully's. Sully doesn't have any friends. I should know I'm one of them. You are a collector. Well, I dabble. I don't dabble. My family has been looking for this fortune for a very long time. So much blood. I'm pretty sure he's just threatening to kill me. Don't touch your ear like that. You look like an idiot. You have no idea who you partnered with. I've been dreaming about this stuff since I was a kid. My brother Sam left one final clue. What? In Ruben Fleischer's movie Uncharted, treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan, which is great reading it all together, by the way, recruits street smart Nathan Drake to help him recover a 500-year-old lost fortune amassed by explorer Ferdinand Magellan. What starts out as a heist soon becomes a globe-trotting white-knuckle race to reach the prize before the ruthless Santiago Mancado can get his hands on it. If Sully and Nate can decipher the clues and solve one of the world's oldest mysteries, they stand to find $5 billion in treasure, but only if they can learn to work together. That is a synopsis I lifted from whatever popped up on the internet. The rest of this, all me, baby. Sully is played by a somewhat predictable Mark Wahlberg. Drake by an incessantly optimistic Tom Holland, and Moncado is a mustache-twirling Antonio Banderas. Along the way, we meet several femme fatale types. Some we can trust, some we can't, some that we think we can, and then we can't. And some we can, but then we think we can, (laughs) but we can't, but then we can, but then we do, but then we realize we can't, but then we can, but then we can't. They serve their intended purpose, I guess. I'd like to say that any character here has many layers, but I'd, uh, I'd be lying. Uncharted feels like a film. 
that doesn't care if its audience realizes that it's a cash grab of a rebooted video game franchise, which hides a lack, forgive me here, of originality underneath a wet blanket of narrative exposition and CGI whose nearest visual rival is its 2011 video game counterpart. It's a movie all about discovering a lost treasure in new and unexplored parts of the world, and I was hoping it wouldn't feel so uh, explored. That said, I kind of dug it. <laughs> like We saw this in theaters with several of our Patreon supporters this past weekend, and there was popcorn, sour candy, several beers, several beers that spilled, explosions, treasure, and pirate ships flying through the air. It's a movie that's not really trying to be more than it is, and every now and again, I respect that. Set shallow goals and just warn me not to dive in head first. So two questions to get us started here. Number one, did you play the Uncharted games? Yes. Okay, question two, did you like them? Yeah. Tell me more. They're fun. They're they're PlayStation exclusive, like, platforming. Are they really? Yeah. That's okay. why PlayStation logo came oh, up when sure. the movie started. That's their baby. Okay. That's, yeah. That and Tomb Raider, which, I mean, Uncharted yes. was essentially just a Tomb Raider port. Port. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's so, a video game term for when a game oh, is it really? it's just basically, like, reskinned. I see. They just ported it. They're yeah. It's like, we're going to use this model. We're going to move it over here. Yeah. Right. We're going to put a guy in a white shirt. Sure. With a, a white guy in a white a, shirt. With a band oiler. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, there's a scene, not to get ahead of ourselves, there's a scene where he puts on his gun thing. Yeah. And it's like. That was a moment for me. Was it? Because it was kind of for me too, but it was like, okay. No, that's like, he just became Nathan Drake. I guess. That's a big deal. Um, okay, those are my first two questions. I guess the, the the most logical question next is, did you like the, the movie adaptation? Fuck yeah, I liked it. All right, cool. It was terrible, and it was delicious. Was it, it terrible was... though? Like we got to define our terms here. All right, let me let me let me define everything for you. By all means. So this movie was uh, basically what would happen if Raiders of the Lost Ark had sex with uh, uh, National Treasure. Thank you. You're welcome. I've said this several times already. Sure. Had sex with National Treasure, <laughs> and then. The Fast and the Furious franchise. And oh, they had oh, cool. this weird, deformed, treasure-hungry pirate baby with helicopters and guns yeah. and ninjas and sword fighting yeah. and karambits. Oh, nice. It's a fantastic knife. I great have knife. one. They're yeah, great. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this was like a steaming pile of delicious garbage when you're hungover on a Sunday and all you want to do is eat Taco Bell. Yeah. It, it's like salve for the soul when you start to take movies too seriously. I would love it if movies like this came out every time I have to watch every fucking Best Picture nominee because sometimes it's a slog. Sure. Like last year in particular, there was a lot of films that were kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Very I, uh, deep, intense subject matter that kind of just sucks your soul out I of you. I take issue with slog. Like it's 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 an experience and it drains well, you. It's my word. My feelings are inside true. of me it's and the, you don't get very to valid what keep, they are. Keep your feelings. That's fine. Uh some years they're a slog. Um this year the best picture nominees have been more enjoyable than not. I think my least favorite so far actually has been Licorice Pizza. More than Nightmare Alley? You hated Nightmare Alley. I didn't love Nightmare Alley, but I would rewatch that before I watched Liquor's Pizza again. Okay, and fair I enough. don't think I hated Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember you not loving it. No, I didn't love it. Yeah. It was an imperfect movie, but I didn't hate it by any means. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this is the junk food of the movie world. Mm -hmm. And if you work really hard and review deeply intellectual movies and are just seeking metaphor and meaning and everything all the time. Sometime this is just like opening a can of ice cold, self-indulgent Coca-Cola full of sugar, no diet, mm -hmm. heck the rules. Sure. I'm just going to put something that feels good mm -hmm. into me. Mm -hmm. That's what this movie is. I think it was massively entertaining. It was so over the top. 
But the thing is, this movie knew exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. It didn't make apologies. It didn't get away from it. Like, Mark Wahlberg was a caricature of Mark Wahlberg. And I loved it. Yeah. So if you're here for that and you love that over-the-top, just ridiculous style of action movie, this was really cool. In the context of what I've been watching recently, I just rewatched Free Guy. Oh, nice. Which is this deep dive into what we're actually capable of making with cgi right now Mm -hmm. like that movie is a visual treat it has so many qualities of a perfect movie like i really liked free guy on second or third watch whatever it's a similar itch it's a very similar itch i think free guy's smarter yes 100 because it it deals with meta concepts like artificial intelligence and the viability of artificial intelligence as something that shouldn't be killed. Yes. It, it got totally. pretty meta, yeah, yeah, totally. and, it, and those metaphors and that meta quality weren't super veiled in Free Guy. Yeah. Uh, they weren't present in Uncharted, nor were they veiled. No. So their intentions were clear. They came in guns blazing, and I just, I'm here for it. I think it was a fantastic movie in the genre in which it resides. Dude, I think so too. I, I For different reasons, I guess. I'm also with you. I've been watching a lot of, movies that are a bit headier and a bit denser and take more of an emotional toll for better or for worse. I think, you know, licorice pizza in terms of emotional gut punch is pretty light. Mm-hmm. Something like Coda takes it out of you yeah. or come on, come on. Yeah. Uh, or Belfast or Belfast. Sure. And while I appreciate those experiences, I, I wouldn't consider any of those necessarily a slog. And again, maybe that's just a choice of words that that we don't see eye to eye on. They are taxing mm-hmm. in some way or another. And there's, of course, a place for a popcorn movie. There are also bad popcorn movies. Mm-hmm. The Matrix oh, yeah. Resurrections, yep. which is even more offensive because it tried to be more than that. So it's not even a great example. But this is not trying to be more than a video game adaptation, which is awesome because it lets the viewer just sort of be like, let's go, whatever mm-hmm. happens. There's a scene Maybe we'll get into spoilers in a minute or two here, but there's some scenes towards the end. We said we're going to spoil it. Yeah, I guess I told people to give them one more heads up. I think we're still in the clear. This is your heads up. All right, fine. Spoilers for Uncharted. Skip ahead. Look in the description if you care. There's the timeline. There's a scene towards the end where you almost think it can't get more extreme unless you've played the games where you're like, they got to take it up a notch. But mm-hmm. if you haven't, they're in the cave. They found they found the ships at this point, which was ripped out of the Goonies, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was wild to me. I was like, this is the Goonies. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say the, this. I almost thing. leaned over to you in the theater like, fucking Goonies, you seen this shit? Never say die. I know. Um, yeah, but you're like, okay, they found it, and the Goonies ends. This can't get crazier, Because right? the bad guys come, and they, whatever, they escape, and the, the cliff, and they sail away. They do not sail away. Uh, the bad guys airlift them out of there with 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 cargo helicopters, mm-hmm. and then there's two of them, of course, and there's two ships, perfectly planned. I don't know how they knew there were two ships. Yeah. Whatever. They lift the ships out, and they fly through the air and fight each other. With ships suspended. And the ships, like, hit each other. At one point, which is crazy, because and we can pick this movie apart if we want. It would be a great movie to do that. At one point, the the main bad person at this point, who is who is um, you can't think of that character's name. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not going to look. No, um, which is another great thing about movies like this. Like I didn't care to. I don't care. The second main bad guy sure. after the first one died. It's like the the gal who we thought was like she used to have sex with Sully, but then got hired by the bad guy, and then killed the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever her. Um, uh, what am I saying? She. Uh, what am I trying to get at here? I can't remember. They airlifted out of there. They're fighting. Mm-hmm. Oh, she says, don't shoot him. If you put a bullet hole in my boat, I put a bullet in you. And then she's flying a helicopter and smashing the boats into each other. Yeah. It's like, hey, you, I'll pick your priorities here. Honestly. Um, but anyways, the point is they lift the ships out and it's like a full CGI 
weird. Like, yeah, I've never seen it. I've never seen that. That's so, something. Like, it's a flying boat fight. It's great. And if you're either on board for this movie or you're not. And the great part is it doesn't flip a switch and all of a sudden you're like, what? I didn't see this coming. You're like, okay, this is where, this is the logical trajectory. I'm so mm -hmm. glad this is happening. And this movie never tried to take a moral high ground or teach no. us a lesson. No. You get like the predictable Mark Wahlberg character where he finally has to choose what's important over his greed. So he like <laughs> throws a bag of gold. <laughs> which is the most on the, like I don't need my gold and it hits the bad gal in the face and he catches Tom Holland. That's great. And then know? they dropped a boat on her head. Yes. <laughs> that was so sure. crazy. And like Tom Holland learns his lesson not to be so naive and trusting and gives what's her name, the false coordinates. So he learns his lesson. She learns to trust people. Everybody learns their stupid little easy lessons. Just, just basically we all eat popcorn. It's fucking awesome. Just Dr. Seuss it's caliber great. lessons. Yeah. Uh, I'd watch the shit out of this again. I watched Kingsman, by the way. I finished the Kingsman. Oh, nice. And and I still don't like it. But okay. It was, it was the same kind of thing, but worse than this. Yeah. It wasn't great. I was gonna ask if we should do a Patreon review of that before this. We could just do a ten minute review of that movie because it's it's so easy. That movie is it doesn't nothing matters in yeah. that franchise. No. Um, but this one's great. I'll watch this again. And it was the per like I, if this movie were available on VOD, I would have watched this instead of the Kingsman. Kingsman. Mm -hmm. How do you say it? Kingsman. The Kingsman. Man. Um, should probably be the King's man. You'd think so. Cause it's like the prequel mm -hmm. and then it turns into, well, they actually changed the spelling. There's an a at the end. And then the other ones, it's the it's King's plural. men. It is. Yeah. Well, the other one's Kingsman. Yeah. No, it's an a, I'm almost positive. It's Kingsman. And then it's Kingsman with an a, the golden circle or something like that. I'm going to double check Do it. that. Um, yeah. And it's just, this movie is just so unabashedly and wholeheartedly in the vein that it exists. And it's like, this is what we are. You're giving me a thumbs up. You're like, right. okay, cool. And the new one is the king. This thing is two words. The king's man. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very self. It's just like, we don't care. You guys just call it all. Just call it Kingsman three. Who cares? Yeah. Uncharted though. There was a post-credit scene. I don't think you saw. Cause no, you what left was the it? theater. Um, there's a deal with like a new bad guy. Of course. Whatever. Like of they're course. just setting it up for a sequel. The point is I will watch the sequel. Can't yeah. wait. I made me want to play the game. They're fine. And it's all this big sort of, forgive the turn of phrase, but like this financial sort of corporate circle jerk. We're like, all right, we'll make them watch the movie. And then they'll, you guys can maybe reboot the game. And then I'll just eat it up. I don't care. They're still making new Uncharted games. Are they really? Yeah. It's a relevant game series. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll play one. You should. Well, that's, I guess they win. Yeah. Right. That's, they win. The man wins. Uh, you're looking up, I presume the newest game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Uncharted 4 came out in 2016. On what? Um, PS4, that generation. Xbox One. Oh, no, it's still PlayStation exclusive, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and then Uncharted, the Lost Legacy came out 2017. Wow, I don't have a PlayStation, uh, so. And there's a new one coming out on PS5 in 2022. So wow. still right in the heart of this. That was kind of my qualm with the game is that Nathan Drake gets himself into so many inescapable scenarios and every time he, it's just that kind of game. You just got to go with it. Yeah. Uh, and that's the one thing that doesn't always, and I bet you that's going to be a problem in this franchise. It's just you, life or death scenario. There's no way out. It's like, no, he's out fine. And yeah. you're never going to have stakes in mm -hmm. something like this. And that's no, okay. It's like how Vin Diesel's still alive after all these fasting and furious things. Yeah. It's you got to eat, man. Yeah. Fasting. You can't. I'm basically good on uncharted. Do you want right. to let's give, let's give it out of 10. All right. Should have done this before spoilers. We should have given it. Nah, who cares? It, it doesn't matter. It's uncharted. Who cares? You know what's happening? We're in uh, uncharted territory. Wow. Nicely done. All right, give me out of 10. All right, what do you want to do it out of 10? I would like to give it, like... Uh, I always got to rate shit first. Yeah, you do. Um, All well, right, fine. It's a... Mm, ooh, this is tough. It's like an 8.5. Okay, so let's figure out, at least this is what I'm worrying with, is that 
how to rate something like this because I'm also it's it's on it's me personally, of course. It's yeah. it's my personal feelings towards this, but it's also a little bit it's merit as a film. And I can't put this next to a come on, come on in good faith. I just can't. Which we both gave a 10 to, which is fine. Sure. But it's not close to that, but it's also different. And this is the problem with with rating movies. That's why I compartmentalize. Okay. So you said eight five? Yeah. This is one of the coolest, like, new era of over-the-top action movies I've seen. When you put it like that. Like, this blew Hobbs and Shaw out of the water. Yes. Yes. Just referencing the That's last. a really, actually, it's a really good comparison. Yeah. Well, it's got the same sort of vibe. Suspension of reality and yeah, disbelief and whatever. Exactly. And that's the last one uh, in this sort of genre type cesspool mm-hmm. where we dipped our toes was, mm-hmm. was Hobbs and Shaw. say cesspool. <laughs> This, um, this genre is a cesspool. That's fair. Of not great movies, but we love them. I'm going to, this would be a fun letterbox list or a bonus review on Patreon is to build a top 10 of movies like this in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that off the top of my head, but I can't, I don't think this is great. I think it's pretty good at what it does. So I'm going to give it like a, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go seven, which feels high. I was going to go six, but I'm going to go seven because I think it's pretty good at what it does. I'd watch it again. It's entertaining. And there's a time and a place for this, and it hit me right. There you go. I think that's fair enough. Good enough. You want to go Hot and Bothered? Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the portion of the podcast where we talk about our weeks, our personal lives. Let's get a peek behind the, 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 the movie critic and beer critic curtain and the luscious beard that hangs from your face, which, by the way, is the longest I've ever seen it, I think. It's getting crazy. Do you like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I don't like your fucking tone. <laughs> I feel like that one, like, I look, was looking at you very compassionately, but if you listen to that, it's just like, just disdain. But I do like it. It's do good. You, do you like I wish that? your mustache were Do you longer. like that? Yeah. Do you, you like trimming the mustache looking? today? Okay. Yeah. I don't like it when my mustache is in my face. Or in my mouth. In your face. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. That's the hot and bothered, by the way. That's what we talk about. Stuff like this. Yeah. Um, it's also the portion of the show where um, six to seven ounces of a 12% beer hits me, apparently. Woo-hoo. And I'm just going off the rails. We talking about beards and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, boy. Um, okay, what's going on, man? Oh, let's see. Well, Friday night, had some fun, went to Burgers and Brew for dinner, got to catch up with Nick Land, talked to him for quite a while about his podcast and how things are going with that. Can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. How are things going with that? Well, he just released his second solo podcast. Oh, since, that's, is since, it still fantasy football? Yeah. Cool. Still holding the torch high, doing his thing, getting into like rookie rankings and stuff. I'll shout it out. If you like fantasy football, you should listen to Fantasy on Draft. Spell Draft. D-R-A-U-G-H-T. I think one of the better, if not best, podcast title puns I've heard in a while. It's about it's about fantasy football. And oh. they also there's also beer involved. So draft draft works on both levels. Great name. I and think my, me and my household are gonna take some small credit for, oh, really? for helping name the podcast. It's a great name. Well then I'm gonna take some credit for helping design the imagery. There you go. Great. I love that guy. Nick's great. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun listening throughout the history of that podcast, albeit as short as it has sure. been. I think they have 23. This newest episode was the 23rd episode. That's a lot, man. Uh, but it's great. Uh, he released a second one. He was wanting some feedback on the first one that he did solo because sure. it, was, it was It's weird. Difficult. That's, that's hard. Weird. And we talked at length about the future of his podcasts and yeah. what he's going to do. Does he even want to do it? What would Miyagi want him to do with sure, it? Sure. And uh, yeah, he's going to stay the course and keep cranking out podcasts, maybe with some guest hosts. Yeah. He might be looking at one. I don't know. We'll Great. see. I might get on for an episode. You might as well. Know. I might as well. We'll see. Uh, but that was 
uh, Friday, and then Saturday we went to the movies. Yep, sure. And then Saturday went to a barbecue bottle share after mm-hmm. that. Hung out with some good buddies. It was fun. Good. And then Sunday was chill. So yeah, not a whole lot going on. Just watched a couple movies. I think we discussed all of them. Let me double check my letterbox. Yeah. Um, I was out of town recently. I was visiting my sister in Lafayette, which is near Walnut Creek, which uh, is, if you don't know that, near Oakland, I guess, is the sort of... Right outside the Bay Area. Yeah. My aunt lived in Walnut Creek. You say aunt? Yeah. I say aunt. My auntie. Okay. But she was native. That's how you say aunt in, like... No. Big auntie vibes. What? Yeah. That's a thing. No, it's not. A hundred. Auntie, you're going to tell me it's like a Native American pronunciation. That's of, the way Native American people have always said aunt. I think that's how a lot of people say it. But specifically, that's how I grew up hearing it, like at powwows. And so many little Native kids came up to my auntie and were like, Auntie June. All right. It was adorable. Well, I suppose I can't argue with that. I, not that be, I want to. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, you could. That's, I don't care. Did I talk <clears throat> about... Uh, Texas Chainsaw? No, you didn't. You okay. were about to watch it. I think you you told me after our recording last week that you were going to go home and watch it that night. All right. Well, it's watched. I was out of town. Yes. Continue. It's, it's fine. I saw my sister. My mom was there too. We hung out for a bit. I saw where my sister works. She works um, as a as an event coordinator partially for St. Mary's College where she went. I'm actually repping that swag right now. Nice. Go Gales. Uh, more of a shout out. Well, we kind of I skipped Bailey a little bit. So yes, Bailey, shout out. Thanks for putting me up and hanging out. It was super fun. Went on a hike um, yesterday morning. Bailey like woke me up at 6.40. I knew. She was like, we should go on a hike in the morning. I was like, sounds great. How tough could it be? How early could you possibly be imagining? 6.45, she's like, bright, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. She's like, you ready to go? And I was like, I'm not even close. I'm barely awake. And she took me on a hike. And after we were in for about 15 minutes, I was like, how far is this? She's like, it's about four miles. And it's not like a walk. It's like a hike, dude. Like, mm. uh, what angle am I holding my hand? Ooh, that's almost a 45. It's like uphill. And you'd think that's the hardest part, but going downhill at that uh, angle is also tough. It's tough on the My legs. legs are killing me. Bet. I'm in terrible shape. My The the muscle that runs along my shin is just so tender. Mm. It was a great time, I guess is what I'm saying. It was lovely. We went out to dinner a couple nights. Um, cool vegan spot. I saw a homie from 21st Amendment where I used to play in San oh, Leandro. Nice. He worked at this restaurant. He asked about the podcast, which was cool. Awesome. Well, like, yeah, we're still doing it. He was like, have you seen Red Rocket? And I was like, yeah, we just covered it. He got a picture with um, the main actor whose name is escaping me right now. Show me the picture. That's awesome. Mikey Saber is the character's name. I'm not going to think of the actor. Doesn't matter. But it was a great trip. Um, and that's kind of been my past few days. That's fun. Tell me about the new... Uh, reboot, sequel, what's the deal? Uh, it's supposed to be, I did a bunch of research in that I listened to Pop Culture Happy Hour about this movie. Sure. Bunch of research. Yeah. Uh, it is a direct sequel from the original. Okay. So if you're talking canon, this is supposed to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh-huh. 2. It's like Halloween Kills, but except like they picked, they skipped they re- whatever movies are in the middle. They returned because there's been so many offshoots of, yes. of, of it. Um, yeah, and I watched it and you- should no, never watch great. it. That's, I've never seen the original. That's like Leatherface, right? Is that a character? Yeah, yeah that's that. That's that's the character. I get that mixed up with like the Devil's Rejects people. Mm. Doesn't one of those guys have a crazy name? Or maybe, who's the guy with Pinhead? Who's that? That's Hellraiser. Yeah. yeah. Is that a movie? Hellraiser is a movie? Yeah, played by Doug Bradley. Who's that? The actor that played. Yeah, but why are you saying it like I should know who that is? I'm just saying. I'm just flexing some knowledge. All right, cool. I'm yeah. just bragging a little. When did the original Texas 74, change? 76? 74? Yeah, it's OG. It's one of the OG slashers. Horror, horror films, yeah. slasher movies. Okay. Yeah, so I've watched all of them throughout the years, and there's a sliding scale of awesome to terrible. Some of them were super over the top and ridiculous. Uh, but 
for what it was, it was really entertaining. It was just an absolute horror mm-hmm. of a film. Like yeah. splatterfest is the word that I used most frequently in describing it. It sure. was uh, gratuitous and creative violence. Okay. That's a tough line to toe, I think. Yeah. It was, do you remember the scene in Halloween Kills, the very beginning spoilers, kind of, where we had the fireman uh, slaughter, basically, mm-hmm. which felt very violent. It looks like a uh, duh, Disney movie compared to this new. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's tough to justify that for me. Maybe that's why you're saying it's not my kind of movie. Oh, yeah, 100% but, not. But this I think is... you'd agree it's tough to justify that in general without it becoming like torture porn. No, that's what like slasher films have been throughout the years. Like B-movie slasher films have just been horror fests. Yeah. That's why like Splatter Splatterfest is a notorious horror film um colloquialism. Sure. Uh I guess my issue is like special effects get so much better. Mm-hmm. Like when it was 70s and 80s B movies, you're like, well, that's clearly fake, but yeah. now technology. Oh yeah, it looks like you're just ripping people apart. Yep. It yeah. was really it was ultra violent. Um it was kind of everything you want out of a like a retro feeling slasher movie mixed with this odd motivation. Like this group of investors is buying this little town in the middle of nowhere in Texas and they're uh-huh. going to like gentrify it. They're going to sell okay. all of the shops to like vegan restaurants and it's going to be this little utopia okay. where there's no guns. Mm-hmm. And they essentially evict Leatherface's mom. Okay. And like she dies. Okay. Okay. So he kills <clears throat> all of them. Well, that sounds dumb to me. Yeah. Could in a second I'm gonna ask you for like director how long it is no. where it's no. Can I watch it? Yeah, I don't want to watch it's it. It's on Netflix. It? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's oh yeah. Is it produced by Netflix? It's or? an original. Oh, it is. Yeah. I don't know if it was sold directly to Netflix mm-hmm. or what, but it runs a tight hour and twenty minutes. That's nice. Uh, I really liked it. It is a horror nerds movie. If you had to keep the original or this one, which one would you keep? The original. Yeah. The original just set the bar. Like sure. it was such a, such a benchmark for mm-hmm. the genre. I mean, it was genre defining really. And mm-hmm. honestly, you should watch it. You just, you've been telling me this whole time how I shouldn't watch it. Oh, no, the, original. the original. The original. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get it's that just, confused with the Amityville horror for some reason. Mm, not Another original I've never seen. Yeah, Amityville was way more supernatural. I like supernatural stuff because that scares me. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. I have a hard time getting on board with like murderers. It's like, okay, like we could we could defeat the murderer probably. Right? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you should check out the original. But I enjoyed the new one. If you're a fan of splattery over the top horror movies that run a tight like 85 minutes, yeah. it's worth it. Basically a, watch. a short film. Yeah. So that's my wrap. That's the newest thing I've watched. Uh, I will say that we've finished a couple series that I think I've talked about all that. So yeah. the next thing on my slate to watch that I'll preview here and then i'll give you a full recap which i watch it all is a show called the outsider it is streaming on hbo max it is based on a stephen king book uh it is a kind of a crime whodunit thriller that i'm sure ventures into the weird sure uh, but it stars ben Mendelssohn, cynthia revo jason bateman weird yeah weird oh i've seen i've seen like the poster for that i think yeah so i'm really jazzed for this series it's kind of got a bunch of stuff that i like about it uh, I like the vibe of it, just that crime thriller mm-hmm. drama. I'm curious to see if it goes deep into the Stephen King's kind of notorious for throwing in like a supernatural curveball. Yes. You know, there's there's going to be some weirdness in this and I'm looking forward to uncovering it. So that's next on my queue to be watching. Also, if you have HBO Max, don't miss John Oliver last week tonight. It's my favorite news program. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you ever watch that? No, not really. It's the shit. 
I've seen like clips online, but yeah. I've never committed to watching an entire episode. You should. It it's a lot of it's like maybe in like a exploded idea of the sense of what they were going for, but it's mm-hmm. like what the newsroom was going for. Yeah, like, that was let's the impression just I got. Tell the news. Yeah. But also he's funny, he swears, he makes jokes. Uh, and with everything going on on Ukraine, it's an, it's kind of a not lighthearted, but it's yeah. maybe a more palatable way yeah. to try and keep up and catch the highlights. Did you ever get into speaking of HBO and news shows like Real Time with Bill Maher? No, I don't like Bill Maher. I thought for a while I did, and then the more I actually committed to watching it, I was like, "You're just a dick." No, he's smug and he's, pretentious. Yeah, and just and like he, like I, I don't know. I feel like he's the, he's the version of sort of like liberal elitists that people have problems with. I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. He's like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, weird thought, but that's true. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what's on the slate to watch. That's what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. That's the movie I watched. Mm-hmm. I think that covers it for me. You watched anything? I didn't. Um, the season finale for season two of Euphoria came out a couple nights ago. I haven't caught up with that. But oh, I'm, I'm still waiting on that season that wrap. And then I'll, I'll catch up with you guys on, on that one in a, in a week or two. All right. Um, but I think that's about it for me. Um, should we tease what we are covering next week? It feels uh, topical and and sort of a movie for the masses to some extent. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Next week, we are going to be covering the newest incarnation of the Caped Crusader, the Dark Knight, yeah. the Batman. The, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Exactly. And Zoe Kravitz. And Zoe Kravitz, sure. Uh, as Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. Catwoman. We will also be featuring beers from Mountains Walking out of Montana. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of such a thing. Me neither. Where They're brand can, new to our market. Tell me. Okay, you just found them? Yeah, they have four of their beers at Spikes. I was there earlier today, and I said, ooh, what's that? That's a fun label. I've never heard those words. Nice. Checked them out. We're going to do them next week. Okay, great. Um, do you remember what kind of beers there? Uh, we're going to be doing two... Uh, New England style IPAs. It Sweet. seems like that is the emphasis okay. of their brewery, but that and the rest of their beers boldly proclaim that they had lactose. So how to get me to not buy yeah. any of the other ones. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a deep dive into the hazy middle of the country sure. IPA from Montana with the Batman. So you should for sure tune in for that next week. Yeah. You can grab those beers again at Spikes. Just don't get the ones with lactose. You'll be able to figure it out probably. I mean, you can if you want. That's true. But Let's if you want to drink along, get all of them, but drink along with us with the hazies. Oh, yeah. Um, by the time you hear this, the Batman is in theaters. So, yeah, see it. That way you don't have to skip the danger zone. We can all sort of pal along, and I'm just going to keep saying sort of the whole time. You can know. sort of just watch it. We can sort of just kind of just, you know, enjoy it all together. You just, can sort of listen the whole time. Just let it sort of marinate. <laughs> you got anything else? No, man, I'm good. Let's get out of here. I'll, well, I will say that the, the Batman's getting some really high praise from critics and Rotten Tomatoes and the like, so... Okay. I have I have high hopes. Might so do too. let it be documented that I have very high hopes. It is so documented, sir. This show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. We appreciate our support from the handlebar, all of our friends, and sometimes family on Patreon. We hope to catch you next week. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Drink some tasty beers. Watch some wild stuff on Netflix. But most importantly, be excellent to each other. We love you. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.